G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Now on SENQ 693am. All the news and views from a big weekend in sport. Mornings with Ben Davis. Oh, good day. Thanks for lacing up with me this Monday morning, 15 degrees in Brisbane. We are heading for a top of 21. The sun is out, but... As the week goes on, the clouds and the rain will be coming in. They're predicting it for Saturday. It is Ecker Week here in Brisbane, which means the Westerlies surely are on their way. But it's also a day where Ricky Stewart's words are sending an icy cold blast around the rugby league world. 450 games Ricky's been a head coach. Uh, He knows what that line is and what you can and can't say. And attacking a young player personally... I was so left field. I, I was shocked, actually, when I heard it. Uh, I wouldn't expect that to happen. Um, now, what happens off the back of this now? Well, it's, I guess it's in the, yeah. the hands of the NRL. If, if Ricky had just said it was a dog act, would that be different to saying gut a dog? Like, yes, that, that uh, took it, to, it just would. took it to another level. You, can have, you, it, you, you can, can have a go at the act. Yeah, you yeah. can't have a go at the person. It, it was no. personal. Publicly and personally have a crack, but the, the act... Absolutely. If you had kept it within the actual action from in the yeah. field, I think, you know, that's OK. But personally, no. The optics don't look great, do they, coming from Ricky Stewart, who's in a position of power, position, uh, being a coach, um, clearly frustrated. His team's on life support at the moment in regards to their season. If a player said that to another player, is it OK? We would then strike up, oh, there's a big feud between two players and we'd really enjoy that. Now... The fact that Ricky Stewart is the head coach of the Canberra Raiders saying about a player, I don't think it looks great. However, I'm not 100% sure if he's bringing the game to disrepute. Well, those are the voices of the game. Greg Alexander, Braithen Naster, Cooper Cronk, Corey Parker. All shell-shocked, all bewildered, all condemning the Raiders coach for his public spray on a private matter. But this morning, I want to hear the most important voices, yours. What do you think? Ricky Stewart, 13-13-55. Did he cross the line in his public assassination of Jamin Salmon? And should he be punished? What should that punishment be if you think he should be? 13-13-55-04-67-736-736 is the text line, but I would love to speak to you this morning. If you haven't heard his comments firsthand, I'll play you the Canberra coach's remarks in full very shortly. We'll get Corey Parker's thoughts on this in about half an hour's time. The Monday's mean, the Monday means test. Geez, we need to run the means test through the Broncos. They're sitting precariously in seventh spot. It was just two weeks ago that we were talking about them for the top four. Are they in danger of missing the eight? Surely. Surely not. And what's happened to the Titans? It's the most asked question in Queensland Rugby League. The best person to answer that, the club chairman, Dennis Watt, is on the program after 11 o'clock today. I've also got Lions tickets to give away to their final match of the year at the Gabba. Well, until finals. We don't know if they're going to get a home final, but when you hear the Lions theme song this morning, I've got a double to give away to the Demons Friday week. But yesterday... It was a sellout at the Gabba and a 33-point win over Carlton. It wasn't enough to get them into the top four, 
but they are back to their winning ways. Were you part of the crowd? What did you think? I know it's Echo Week, but please, lines, no more roller coasters like that. That final term fade out. We'll hear from Chris Fagan as the morning winds on. I'll take it edge. Baston, where our women's cricketers are celebrating, are partying after winning a gold medal at the Commonwealth Games. Our netballers clocked up Australia's 1,000th gold medal ever at a Commonwealth Games. We'll be hearing from them throughout the morning as well. But as I said, most importantly, I'd love to hear from you this morning. 13.13.55. This is SENQ 693, Queensland's new home of sport. Now on Mornings with Ben Davis, it's time for Benny's Blowtorch. Yeah, there is no bigger topic in Australian sport right now than Ricky Stewart. What punishment should he get? Should he get a fine? Should he get a suspension? Or should he get nothing at all? His words have been reverberating around the rugby league world for the last 36 hours, and they are breathtaking. Comments about Penrith half Jamin Salmon. Now, this was the Raiders coach Saturday night when asked about an incident where Salmon lashed out with his legs and collected Canberra's Tom Sterling right in the ghoulies. Fisher-Harris taps, they're, they're accidents, you know, and, and in this collision game, I understand that. But, you know, where Salmon kicked Tommy, it ain't on. And I've had history with that kid. I know that kid very well. He's, he was a weak-gutted dog as a kid, and he hasn't changed now. He's a weak-gutted dog person now. Weak gutted dog what's your take 13 13 55 i use the words breathtaking to describe his comments because when you first hear them they do take your breath away they make you stop take a breath and, and think did did he just say that i need to hear that again a professional footy coach getting personal on an opposition player it is something you just don't hear and we now know why there is history with Jamin Salmon and the Stewart family. Ricky Stewart released a statement yesterday after Saturday night's comments saying, I regret saying what I did on that platform after a game. I was speaking as a father and not as a football coach. My reaction was to a family situation that I thought I'd dealt with. Clearly, I haven't. I allowed my emotions to get the better of me, and for that, I'm sorry. There is history between James Salmon and my family that I will not go into. I should not have brought it up after the game, but it just got the better of me. And I'm truly sorry. That was Ricky Stewart's statement. He was sorry for using the platform in which he did to bring up a personal matter. Was he sorry for what he said? No. And here's my question to you today. When did you want our sporting stars to stop being human. Because I think that's what Ricky is guilty of. Down the track, he may be guilty of other things, but right now, he's guilty of being human, of being a father. And you want your sporting stars, your athletes, your coaches, those in the sporting industry, you want them to be human, don't you? You don't want robots just spitting out cliches one week at a time, one game at a time. You want personality. You want characters. You want them to keep it real, right? Does it get any more real than a dad standing up for his family? I don't think so. Or should Ricky have been better? He thinks he should have been. What do you think? 13, 13, 55. The Salmon family, they want Ricky to be punished. There's even talk of legal action. They released a statement late yesterday saying, we are disappointed 
by the comments of Canberra Raiders coach Ricky Stewart after what was a fantastic game of football for the Panthers and our son. We were surprised by Ricky's claim that he knows Jamin personally as they've had no contact, uh, contact since Jay was 12 years old. We are calling on the NRL to take action as we believe Jamin has been wronged in this situation. Do they have a point? Of course they do. That's Jamin's family sticking up for him. Should Ricky Stewart be punished? And if so, what punishment? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Let's hear him this morning. Corey Parker, he's been part of an inner sanctum of a footy club. Does this wash with him? We'll get his take on it in about half an hour's time with the Monday means test, but I would love to hear yours. We're going to keep across this this morning because we are expecting to hear something from the NRL. We know there's an investigation on, or at least that's what the, uh, the leaning is, that they are looking into this. What punishment should Ricky Stewart receive? Should it be a fine? Should it be a suspension? Go where the NRL has never gone before. No coach has been suspended like they do in other codes around the world. Or should there be nothing at all? 13 13 55. Yeah, we'll get to the phones in just a moment because I do want to head across, well, across the other side of the world, really, uh, to catch up with our undisputed heavyweights of Australian sport, our women's cricket side. They are the best international sporting export Australia has. They are our most successful sporting team. They're the T20 world champs. They're the 50 over world champs. And now they are the Commonwealth champions. It's a trifecta. Unlikely to be rivaled ever. And one of the stars in that final just a few hours ago at Edgbaston is a Brizzy girl. She plays for West at Graceful. She plays for the Heat. She plays for Queensland. Plays for Australia. Gracie Harris, congratulations. Benny, what's Le- up? Legend. What about you, gold medalist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. When do you ever get to do this again? Well, maybe that... another four years. Maybe. <laughs> but, like, you know, this is wicked. I don't know. We kind of came here for gold and we're walking away with it, which is fantastic. But, um, you know, it was great that we didn't really just rely on our heavy hitters and we just showed our depth and our talent amongst this group. And, man, it's it's so good. It just feels so good. You gave us a few heart palpitations along along the way, Gracie. I mean, <laughs> they, they were cruising. <laughs> Two for 118. They needed 44 off 34 to win. <laughs> oh, hey. Hey. Benny, you don't have to tell me that. I was I was out in the field and I thought, whoo, jeez, we need just one more. Like, I guess you only need one one ball, you know, just to turn the tide, maybe change a bit of momentum. And I thought uh, our bowlers came through in the end, which was fantastic. But, um, yeah, when Harmon Precourt started pogo on some of our girls, I thought, oh, she's going to have to eat 100 for them to win this. And, uh, you know, just that one ball we got through and it was awesome. Yeah. It was all right. Well, you know? speak, speaking of one ball, I know how much you love talking yourself up, Gracie Harris, but <laughs> your run out, your run out, that was a hell of a throw. <laughs> yeah, so I was open. I was banking on her being short too. I thought, nah, you can't steal one off me. No way. We would have, it was just at the right time and everything just kind of clicked and she hit really hard to me. So I thought, oh, well, if I miss, like, Maybe it's just the way it's supposed to be. But, um, 
no, it was good. I hit middle stump, looked up, and I had to watch the replay to make sure that she was short because there was a bit of dust that had flown up from the wicket. But, man, that was awesome. It was so good to be out there. And the atmosphere over here is incredible. The Pommies banter is pretty good. Okay, well, talk us through that, Grace. I mean, you're at Edgbaston. It's a it's a famed ground in world cricket. India v Australia in the final. Who was the crowd going for? India. <laughs> the, the crowd have been going for everybody except Australia all week. So we've been up against it anyway. But um, no, at least they give a good bit of banter and they can receive it just as good as they get it. But um, oh, so hang know, on, like, don't tell me you were chirping back at that, them. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> as if I, as if I couldn't. <laughs> uh, when they kind of give it to the us, business, we may crazy. as well give it, give a little bit back. We we got to give a little bit back. But well, um, no, they've been quite good all day. It's always been uh, fair play, okay, mm. and you know, it's always been good fun. So, Edgebaston is a great ground too. I really like the viewing from the um, players' change rooms and stuff, and even the outfield. It's like you're real close to the action. You always feel like you're real close. And it's just a fantastic ground to play cricket at, to be honest. I've never played there before this tournament. So I was really chuffed playing at Edgebaston. A wicket. It's a bit different from West at Graceful. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Double or less potholes and a few less windy patches. And, you know, you don't have to fetch the ball as far because, you know, it stays within the stadium. But, um, no. Nah. West East, they're all right. They look after the turf. They're, it's always a good batting wicket. Verge Bass and, you know, it's a good batting wicket. I love how you're comparing Honor Avenue <laughs> to, to Edge Baston. Uh, Grace Harris, over the moon she is, along with the Australian uh, cricket team, have just won gold at the Commonwealth Games. I know chatting to you, Gracie, I am holding back the partying uh, yeah. and the celebrations. But I, I need to I need to ask you about this because not only did you, yeah. did you do it tough coming into the final stretch because, as we said, India were cruising, but talk us through what happened yeah. before the toss. Talia, I mean, you're up against it the, the whole way. Talia McGrath tests yeah. positive to COVID? Yeah, so she tested positive and then India didn't want to really um, have her listed in our team in the playing 11 and play the game. And um, in the end, we came to a, a decision that they that she would play. But because um, her symptoms aren't bad and um, she's good to go, essentially, she just tested positive to one of the tests that had come back. So... We made sure that she was isolated and we're outdoors, so we mitigated risk. But um, India definitely didn't want to go home with any of their players with COVID, and that's understandable. But, um, you know, we, if we can prevent it, then, uh, you know, good luck to them and good luck to us. Yeah. So there was a bit of a hold up there, but in the end, team actually, she got over the line, and yeah, it was good, good to go from there. And we saw then some of the more bizarre scenes of cricket. I mean, as you said, she isolated, so she's sitting by herself in a in a, an area in the stands while you're batting. But then yeah. when fielding, <laughs> she she took a catch, and she was waving you yeah. all off, saying, "Don't come near me! No high fives! We <laughs> yeah. can't celebrate." Well, JJ was the only one uh, allowed to have contact with Talia because she had COVID just before leaving. So she's actually immune for this part. But um, so we were trying to link any messages that we had to Talia through Jono, which was hilarious in itself as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You just It's kind of the landscape at the moment. You just have to kind of adapt with 
every little rule change or every little pick-up or bump that comes up, and that's the only way that you win these bigger tournaments. And I think that this team does that really well. So, you know. It's it, anyway. <laughs> well said. It's the Australian. <laughs> it's the Australian way, isn't it, Grace? You just roll the sleeves up and get the job done. Now, speaking of job done, what's the next thing on the agenda? As in, what are you about to do right now? Uh, maybe have a couple of cheesy drinks, and uh, I've got Macadies on the way. I've ordered a couple of double cheeseburgers and <laughs> some ice cream and stuff to celebrate. But um, otherwise. <laughs> Well, I've got my parents over here, so I might catch up with them tomorrow. But they're it's very much enjoying themselves already because I've been sent some videos of them. But, um, yeah, pretty much the Mackies, Mackie D's and some drinks All right. uh, now, with the group. Well, well Gracie, we, we've had her, we have heard a little bit earlier in the morning with uh, Pat Welsh and Ian Healy uh, in their breakfast show that Matt Denny is part of the party squad that is meeting up with you girls. Matt Denny, who is obviously Brandon Stark's <laughs> roommate, uh, who happens to be yeah. Alyssa's husband's, Mitch's brother. So, so yes, you, you've yes. got you've got some party animals with you. Oh, I just want that guy from the Lawn Bowls to show up, and then we've got the perfect trio, really. <laughs> we'll be good to go. I mean, <laughs> disco. <laughs> no, as in, there's yeah, no shirt like ripping, disco. though, is there, Gracie? Yeah. Oh, you don't know. You don't know where the night will take you, especially after a couple. But um, no, it'll be great fun. We're just down the road from the walkabout, you know. Might walk about and then walk on home. Outstanding <laughs> stuff. And wear that gold medal with pride. Grace Harris, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And let the party roll on. Thank you. Thanks for having us. See ya. Is she in front? Yes, she is. Australia have struck gold. They want to review it. India feel it's worth it. Third umpire to director, we have a player review for LBW given out on field. I've checked the front foot, it's a fair delivery. Can we go front on, please? Thank you. Okay, ball is passing under the bat. I'd like to check with ultra edge, please. Thank you. Yes, clear gap between bat and ball, play all the way through, clear gap, clear gap, all the way through to the pads please, still a gap, satisfied, no bat or glove involved, we can move to ball tracking please. Okay, pitching in line, impact in line, wickets are hit, umpires call, so back to the mighty Australians we can have stay with your decision gold. of out. They Sunday complete a trilogy that may never be repeated. T20 World Cup champions, 50 over World Cup champions, and now Commonwealth gold medal winners. Yeah, outstanding stuff. That's how it happened at Edgebeston earlier this morning. Australia posted eight for 161. Beth Mooney, the Queenslander, 61 off 41. She got us got us off to a flyer. Uh, Meg Lanning chimed in 36 off 26. That included five fours and a six. But we looked at in a lot of trouble, the Aussies. India were cruising two for 118. They needed just 44 off 34 to win. Plenty of wickets in hand, but they lost eight for 34. Ash Gardner picked up three for 16. But as I was talking to Gracie, and and as you'll see as this plays out today, one of the more extraordinary scenes when it comes to COVID, Tali McGrath tested positive before 
the toss. Now, how she was allowed to play was because of England's really loose isolation rules. It's a very, very different situation with every country we're going to. I remember the 50-over World Cup in New Zealand where Ash Gardner had to isolate for 10 days after testing positive. She missed two games, but not this time around. In Birmingham, and this is across all sports, not just cricket, they're assessed on a case-by-case basis, and then they're determined whether they can actually compete or not based on how severely they've been impacted by the illness, how infectious they're likely to be and what they're doing in their particular sport and what facility they're competing at. It's a very different world in England. They didn't and haven't handled the pandemic well, but they're now getting on with it. And this is what we're seeing, a COVID positive test allowed to play in a gold medal match. That's how it happened, because of England's rules, not because of the Commonwealth Games rules. Either way, they are celebrating a gold medal tonight. Gold medal two for you and not for Ricky Stewart. There's not much sympathy for the Raiders coach. We'll get to your thoughts straight after this, 13-13-55-0467-736-736. 20 past nine on a Monday morning. We're off and running here on SENQ 693 AM. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, 26 past nine. Plenty of you have jumped on this text. Everyone has a thought about Ricky Stewart this morning. Uh, Billy says, Ben, power imbalance here. Ricky is an NRL coach with a microphone to a national audience. The player has no right of reply to bring any context to the story. Uh, Billy, thank you. Uh, Steve has said, this is 10 to 12 years later. Sticky was wrong. I want to see the NRL hammer him. If they don't, then it's very poor leadership, already poor leadership by Stuart, and creates a huge precedent within the ranks. Give him a financial fine, punishment, and a couple of weeks. In my opinion, Sticky has embarrassed his family even more. 13, 13, 55. Is there any love for Ricky Stewart this morning? I get his comments as a father. I'm not saying that he's done the right thing, but I get it. I get that you want to stand up for your family. And I also get the human side of this. And, and maybe this is where we go this morning. Happy to take all comers on this. But when do you want your sports stars not to be human? Because we crave that, don't we? We always ask them to show character, to show their personality. Oh, but the moment they do, we jump on them. You can't have it both ways. Double standards, 13, 13, 55. Time for a sport update. Before we hear from Alyssa Smith and the sport update, Alyssa, I want to ask you, Ricky Stewart, everyone's got an opinion. I get where you're coming from, but you're in a professional environment. Mm. It's bullying and he's 23 years old. There has to be something said for that. There is a big punishment coming. I get that he's a father. I get that. Everyone makes mistakes. Should age come into it? But If you're bullying when you're 12, you're bullying when you're 23. If you're bullying if you're 43, bullying's bullying. Bullying is bullying. Mm. But he, no but, room for it. No, absolutely. I, I, what's, the best, I, what's the best way to deal with a bully? Stand up to a bully? I or to so. walk away? No, make, make an example of him. Yeah. Mm. And is this what Ricky Stewart has just done? I think the NRL will make an example of him. Okay. Uh, what else has been happening in the world of sport, Alyssa? Oh, 
plenty in yeah. the world of sport. So much <laughs> from the Com Games. How yeah. good is Australia going? Unbelievable this morning with the Diamonds. Oh, um, outstanding um, performance from them. Now, Knights, let's talk some NRL. They yep. snapped their four-game losing streak to the West Tigers. Just. Yes. They put the David Clemmer ordeal behind them. Ken Malmalo, though, may have done his PCL, so not so great news there. Cowboys, aren't they having a stellar season? Outright yep. second now. Uh, they beat the Bulldogs, but not without a fight. That is for sure. You look at their season compared to last year, and you think, fire out. They've come a long way, haven't they? Well, the, the, the two Queensland teams yeah. outside of Brisbane, the Titans and the Cowboys, they, they flipped it on their heads. Everyone <laughs> thought the Titans would be sort mm-hmm. of up there and about the top of the ladder. Cowboys running sort of near the bottom. But yeah. it's turned out the complete opposite. Speaking of Titans, Alyssa, after 11, the chairman, Dennis Watt, a few questions for him. I'm sure he, like everyone else, has been asking what's happened at the Titans. We'll hear from inside there, Dan. Yeah, so if you do have any questions, make sure you do text them through mm. to us because uh, Ben will be asking all the hard-hitting questions on that one. Tarek Sims may have played his last game for the Dragons after being hit with a high shot. Mm. Yes, yeah, so very interesting with that one. Uh, over in the AFL, Carlton's first finals appearance since 2013 is in doubt, beaten by the Brizzy Lions. Yes. They had a great game, didn't they, that final quarter though final quarter fade out they mm. were they were they were on they were on line or on track 57 points up at three yeah. quarter time they needed to win by about 70 points to actually get enough percentage to leap into fourth yep. place over the swans but they gave us all heart palpitations <laughs> it was like being at sideshow alley yeah, at yeah. the echo that roller coaster <laughs> up down what are we doing eight goals carlton slammed home in the mm-hmm. Final quarter. So, um, yeah, interesting to get Chris Fagan's take on that. We'll be doing that before midday today. Yeah, Patrick Cripps, though, in trouble for uh, that high bump on Calamachi. Yeah, I, 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 I'm still – I don't know which way the match reviewers will go from this. Calamachi, yeah, had to come off yep. and it seemed high, but it was also a footy collision, no malice, and it just maybe, as Michael Voss said, one of these things where – People get hurt. He he didn't see much in it, but there again, he's the Galton he's coach, the coach sticking, though, isn't sticking he? up for sticking up for his <laughs> player. But you know what? In the world of AFL, what Michael Voss says goes. True. Alyssa, we are creeping up to the nine thirty news. Before that, I want to get one more take on this from you because we just heard from Grace Harris, who part of her celebration is to get Mackie D's, How as she good. called it, McDonald's. How yeah. good. Now I, I I was at the airport on Saturday morning for our swimmers arriving home for the Commonwealth Games. And almost to a man and a girl, they all said, oh, the first thing I want to do is get some KFC (laughs) or junk food. Now, I get that because they've been in this regime where they just need to let themselves go. So that, to me, sounded like – and it was – and it was just one thing after KFC, KFC, all Maccas, right? So junk food, fast food. What's your – cheat food, your vice oh, when it comes to it, easy. when it comes to celebrating? Chocolate. Not just celebrating. I eat chocolate. That's pretty cliche. I, I eat chocolate every day. Yeah, really? Yeah, every day. Stop it. No, honestly. My mum has often said, you've got to stop that or else you'll end up with diabetes. Oh, <laughs> so geez. it's Type that two. bad. The addiction is that bad. Really? Yep. Yep. So Can't when, go wrong with Cadbury. So when? When, like, what are we talking? I'm talking like 4am in the morning for breakfast. I'm talking during the day. I'm talking before dinner. Whenever. There's no time. Like the present. <laughs> Chocolate. It's very, it's very cliche, but if that's your vice, that's yep. your vice. Um, let's throw it out. What's your vice food? 13, 13, 55. Let's have a bit of fun this Monday morning. We are getting very serious with Ricky Stewart. Uh, look, we are going to uh, get some news headlines from Vanessa Gibson and then the means test. Monday means test. Corey Parker straight after this. This is Mornings with Ben Davis.
Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, thanks for your company this Monday morning, 25 away from 10, 16 degrees here in the greatest city and the greatest states in the greatest country on the planet, reaching out for a top of 21. Uh, your calls, 13 13 55. If you have any questions for Corey Parker as well, it doesn't necessarily have to be about Ricky Stewart. Now is the time to do that because it is the Monday means test. The Broncos are on the slide. The Cowboys are continuing their stampede. But look, let's start with Ricky Stewart. Corey Parker, you've had 36 hours to digest this. Has has anything changed for you after Ricky's comments? Morning, mate. No, I haven't changed my thought process at all for, for Ricky Stewart. I was working for Fox League on the night that it happened. And to be fair... Um, Took a little bit to digest right at that point in time yeah. uh, what did go down. I mean, we haven't seen that in such a long period of time, or if ever in my time anyway. Uh, the one thing I did take out of it, like, and I said this on the night, uh, a complete disgraceful uh, remark from Ricky Stewart while, you know, directed personally at Jamin Salmon. I mean, for me, um, way over the line, totally overstepped what he was, what his job is. And um, I think we've seen uh, since then, Ricky's been quite remorseful off the back of that. So um, really, really, really sort of, uh, like I know Ricky personally, and he's, he's a terrific guy, which, you know, doesn't make what he did any less better. But um, yeah, just way over the line for him. Corey, I'll put it to you. And you're a father, I'm a father. Yeah. Do, do, do you get... I get why he said what he said as a dad sticking up for his son. And and that's what he has said in his apology. That's what he was doing, but it was the wrong platform to do it on. But I get why he said that. Yeah, look, Benny, I... I, I We've lost the connection with Corey there. We're getting back very shortly. But your thoughts, 13, 13, 55. Let's get to, well, let's get to the open line because plenty of people are having their thoughts on this. Uh, Lee, good morning to you. Hello, Ben. How are you, mate? Look, I'm a big Ricky fan, Ricky and Canberra fan. And Ricky's been around for a very long time now. Everybody knows how he goes, how he conducts himself. And this German German Salmon thing, well, you know, it's not a surprise that Ricky says these things because he speaks speaks from the heart. Everybody out there should just take it on board and grow up. And I, I Lee, that's when I sit and think about it as a, as a dad. I, I would I would do exact. We would do anything for our kids, standing up for them. And if it's around a, a personal incident that that when that, that will get some clarity around as the day unfolds. You, you do anything to stand up for your kids, don't you? Yeah, you do. But why do you got to come out in the media and tell everyone about it? That's the issue that Ricky now faces. Because, I mean, you know, there was a point made just before by uh, one of our, uh, someone on the text line saying that, you know, you, you can't do that. You've got to be professional about it. He has a microphone. That's right. It was Billy who said that. He has a microphone on a national platform. Actually, Lee, it'd be a bit like me coming out and saying that about somebody as as well. I know there's a place and a time for it, but I can totally understand and get where Ricky is coming from as a father, 
trying to stick up for his kids. Lee, good on you. Thank you for the call. 131355046736736. A fine or a suspension is the least of Ricky's worries. The legal ramifications after he's found guilty by the league could be yeah. the worry in these court and these changing times. Muzz, thank you for that text. All right, looks like we've got Corey back. Coza, come in. <laughs> it's going to be one of these mornings, isn't it? Uh, let me see. We've got uh, more text. Brendan, hey, do we know what he actually did yet? All I've heard that there was an altercation in an under-12s game. Must have been really bad for it to blow up 10 years later. Hard to judge excessiveness at the tirade we get until we get all the details. Details, exactly. We are trying to get to the bottom of those. Corey Parker might be able to shed some light on that. We'll get him back on the line. We'll take a quick break while we do that. 21 away from 10. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Stand him down for the rest of the season. What kind of positivity can come now to the poor boys who have to train under him? Nothing. I fear for them. That's just a sample of the texts we are getting this morning on Ricky Stewart. It is the Monday Means Test. Uh, Corey Parker, we've got him back uh, on the line. Cosa, do you have some insight into what happened uh, all that time ago for Ricky to be still holding this grudge? Uh, the short answer is no. I mean, 12 or 13 years ago is when Ricky Stewart encountered Damon Salmon in some personal or family matter. Now, uh, as I sort of touched on before, the moment he goes into that press conference room, regardless of what's happened out on the field, he's the head coach of the Canberra Raiders. Now, second to that, the moment he walks out of the Canberra press conference room, he's the father. Um, so it needs to differentiate the two very clearly. Now, clearly he didn't do that at the time. Uh, he doubled down on what he said, uh, woke up the next day, had a bit of time to digest and cool down, and has since changed his mind. So um, I said on the night for Fox Lee, completely disgraceful remarks and completely out of order. Should never have been said. And I guess now we'll wait and see what, uh, what comes of it or what transforms from it from the NRL's perspective. All right. There are claims that there was bullying involved. That was something that has come out over the last 24 hours. In fact, yesterday on Ninth Footy Show, they had the journos talk about this. Brent Reid from The Australian, David Riccio from The Telegraph, and Michael Shamus from The Sydney Morning Herald. The history between them, which he alluded to, is history between his son and Jamin when they were kids. They were actually teammates playing footy, they went to school together and there were issues there with his son and Ricky got involved. There was a, there was a game there, under 12s in the Shire where Ricky came onto the field, Jamin's father was involved, they had to be separated. So there is history there. Does that justify Ricky then going on a press com- in a press conference and attacking Jamin Salmon the way he did? I think the NRL will argue that, this, that he doesn't have the right to. Now, as a father, I can understand that Ricky has these emotions uh, around it, given the, what his son went through, but... He would have been, I think he would have been better off going to Jamin in the tunnel and having a, and calling him the weak gutted dog that he did call him face to face rather than going to a press conference. We all love that side of Ricky, right? The emotional side of him. That's what we love about him. He's so uh, raw and emotional in press conferences. But there's a line you can't cross, and he crossed it. And the fact that he's come out and apologised, he knows he's crossed that line. The NRL are also in a delicate spot because they know the context of the, where it's coming from. 
and I'm not, uh, you know, but Dave, that, that, we're I, calling it issues, right? But the depth of those issues are what is, is what is concerning. And the NRL are aware of that. The NRL um, um, takes steps to, to stamp that to those issues, which I'm not going to raise here, um, out of the game. And the NRL will factor that into whatever they decide to do with Rick. As Ricky said, he regrets it. Absolutely regrets it. There's the wrong platform for it. Well, there we go. David Riccio from the Telegraph. We had Brent Reid there from the Australian and also Michael Shamus for the Sydney Morning Herald. I mean, he, he spoke about maybe confronting Jamin in the tunnel. Now, I, I can only think that would have been a, a terrible situation, but something needs to happen for this to be thrashed out. It has happened now in the public arena. Ricky Stewart, as a father, said those comments, not as an NRL coach, and that's where the line has been crossed. But... When do you want the human side of our athletes and sports stars to stop? Don't we want them to be human? Don't we want them to show their characteristics, their personalities? Uh, Corey, I know that's something that, well, every, every athlete has and will battle with for their entire career. Their actual ability to do that and put the professional side of things away and then be a human. How hard a line is that not to cross? Hello, Corey. <laughs> Corey, are you there? There we go. No, we've got you now. All right. How hard a line is that to keep you, the human side of things uh, apart from the professional? Uh, well, what we're talking about here is something that happened when he was 12 years old. So for me, uh, to suggest that we're still talking about it, um, I think it's completely, it, regardless of what's happened on the field, Benny, I, I, what's happened on the field is 100% irrelevant to what happened 12 years ago. And Ricky Stewart is uh, he, he's a head coach of a football side that um, he holds a position of power and he should never, ever have gone down that path. And since then, he's had to, he'd been pretty remorseful in regards to his apology. Um, but we should never have even got to this place in the first place. I mean, 12 years old, I think Damon Salmon's 23 or 4 years old at the moment, so uh, it's not it, 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 it's not a forum to be putting your emotional feelings across from a personal. Corey, fi final one on this before we get into some footy and what actually what did happen on the fields. Um, punishment. The NRL should they? Sh what, I mean, what, what punishment should be dished out? I mean, he's already he's already copped a hundred thousand dollars worth of fines over his coaching career. Uh, do we look at the first time of a coach being suspended? Well, if you're talking about punishments, I mean, if it was a player calling out somebody, some. from the NRL in that regard, it would be dealt with quite seriously. For Ricky Stewart to be able to do it, look, I would imagine there'd be quite a hefty fine coming his way. But I wouldn't be surprised if he stood down, Benny, to be fair. Um, I don't know for how long, but I wouldn't be surprised if he stood down. So, and, I mean, have your views on it, but 
going back to what I touched on before, he's the head coach of a rugby league team. He's got a position of power, and he used that position of power to voice his personal opinion, which was completely out of line. 13-13-55. Do you agree with Corey Parker? And what punishment, if any, should be handed down to Ricky Stewart? Cosa, let's talk some Broncos. Two weeks ago, we were talking about them being in the top four, but back-to-back losses, they've now slipped down to seventh. Against the Roosters on Thursday night, they lost 34-16. They were bullied out of the competition. And there's that word again, but that's exactly what happened on field with the Broncos and Roosters. Yeah, they were, mate. I mean, and we touched on it uh, a couple of weeks ago in regards to their defensive slide, and I still stand by that. I mean, for the Broncos to be anything in this competition, there's there's one simple fix. They need to pay the price and be able to um, change their defensive woes. I mean... Just to give some context in regards to the last month of football, Benny, 166 missed tackles for the Broncos. That's averaging at around 41.5 per game. That is by far, by far too high. And, and that's the biggest sort of issue that I see. Now, how do you fix that? Well, it's an attitude thing. You've got to be prepared to take your body and pay the price that they have done so well for so long this year. Um, what needs to happen, you need some of your leaders to stand up in that regard. And some of the leaders over the re- uh, over recent weeks um, haven't really hit the mark. I mean, they just haven't. I mean, Kate, well, not to single him out, but Kate Wells, their sort of spiritual leader defensively, he's had uh, 20 missed tackles in three games. So that's the issue. Scoring points is not the issue for the Broncos. Um, can they turn it around? They're going to have to turn around from a, a winning Newcastle side uh, yesterday, who are going to be desperate for another victory. So uh, a big game, big game for the Broncos, who over the next month of football, they play three home games, one away game. But in that, they got Melbourne, Para and Dragons to finish. So um, currently in seventh, seventh position. And if they aren't willing to fix their defensive woes or um, be prepared to pay the price like they've done so well this year... Um, it could be a slide, and I hope that's not the case. Corey, it's a fantastic insight. What we're going to do is we're going to give the the boot and the guts to the machines here. We'll get you back online, and we'll be back with the Monday Means Test straight after this. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. 15.55 is the number. A few gremlins in the system this Monday morning. We're going to get them flushed out and be back with Corey Parker for the Monday Means Test straight after the 10 o'clock news. But it's a Monday morning where Australia has racked up its 1,000th gold medal at a Commonwealth Games, and that belonged to the Diamonds. That's right, our netballers led by Gretel Buter, who she had a 100% scoring record against Jamaica. Outstanding stuff by the girls. The medal tally in total for Australia 66 gold these games, 55 silver, 53 bronze that's a total of 174 medals, we are 7 ahead of England on the total tally, they're very 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 quickly creeping up as the games head to a close in Birmingham. Next hour we'll hear from Chris Fagan, Corey Park with the Monday means test, Sam Collett too A jockey who is part of the SENQ family will be stepping through the means that she goes to and the lengths that she goes to to make race weight every week. You will be amazed. SENQ 693, your new home of sport here in Queensland.
now on SENQ 693am. All the news and views from a big weekend in sport. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, four minutes past ten. Thanks for your company. A big weekend indeed. We'll be hearing from Chris Fagan this hour. Also, when you hear the Brisbane Lions theme song, well, that is your cue to call 13 13 55. We have a double to give away to the Lions and Demons Friday week. It is their final home game of the season. We don't know what finals holds, whether there will be a home final for the Lions. So it could be the last chance to see the boys in the flesh. It's going to be an absolute belter of a game against the defending premiers. Uh, also, this hour, Sam Collett, a jockey. She's part of the SENQ family. She rode a couple of winners over the weekend. I wish I was on one, the one that paid $8.50 at Doombin. But the extraordinary lengths that she goes to, and jockeys in general go to, to jump on a horse each week, as far as making weight, we, we kind of take it for granted when we're putting a bet on that they'll just get in and get the job done. But there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Sam, Sam Collip will be, well, she'll pull the curtains back, which is what we're right, which is what we're doing right now for the Monday means test NRL. Corey Parker is our guest as he is every Monday. Cosa, we were just talking about the Broncos last yeah. hour. Now, they've lost two straight, could have been in the top four a couple of weeks ago, but now they're clinging perilously uh, close to the bottom part of the top eight in seventh spot. Pat Carrigan, I know he's a big yep. out, and he, he plays in a role in a position that, that you played in and, and made your own. How Can you explain to us how important that role is for Brisbane and how much they're missing him? Yeah, they are missing him, but um, the biggest sort of issue, well, issue for the Broncos, as I touched on before, is just defensively. So defensively, he does a lot of work. He cleans up a lot. He sort of dictates their line speed and their energy, particularly in the middle third. And I think that's where he's being missed most. Now, he's got wonderful leadership qualities, Pat Carrigan, and also, you know, not having him on the field uh, probably pulls away. But the, the, the other thing as well is the Broncos, and I touched on it a couple of weeks ago now, is they haven't had this many players involved in the state of origin for some time now. So I did say that there was going to be a bit of an overhang from uh, the origin. Maybe that's where we're at now. Now, I spoke to coach Kevin Walters uh, on Saturday night, and we had a little chat, and it, it, it's not a huge fix there for the Broncos. As I touched on, defensively, has been their biggest woe. So they've got to be prepared to pay the price like they've done time and time again this year, which has allowed them to be in a position to go for that top four. Now they're in a position to slide out of the eight. So they need to turn things around quite quickly. But for Pat Carrigan, he won't be back. He won't be back for another couple of weeks. So they can't worry about Pat. They need to all, um, you know, collectively as a group, pick up their own little bit. Is your experience from a player's point of view, Corey, when that origin hangover sets in, you're riding the wave after origin, but then yeah. you come down. What, what, what's the best thing to get over it? Is, it? is it to completely rest up? Is it not to do anything for a couple of days or is it yeah. to put your head back yeah, in? It's, and... it, it, well, it's a fine line because initially straight after origin is not the issue. It's probably two to three weeks, whereas where we're at right now. So there's no doubt when they played the Tigers that, you know, the Tigers were sitting last uh, in the competition and they probably took them a little bit easier. Um, and that's all you need to do against a side that's desperate to get off the bottom. And that's what happened. Now, they played against the Roosters, who have uh, timed their run quite well. Um, and as you mentioned off the top, they were quite literally bashed through that middle. So yeah. uh, very simple in regards to where they need to go and what they need to do. However, 
takes uh, a fair bit to do that. They got the opportunity at home against Newcastle, who were struggling, albeit come off a pretty good win um, on the weekend, and and they won't want to you know back up you know their performance that they had last last week with another loss. So it should be a cracking game. And then they got Melbourne, who have had the wood over the Broncos for some time, and Para, who um, you know trying to make a charge into that top four as to is, is Melbourne. So a big couple of weeks for Brisbane. Big couple of weeks for Brisbane, exactly right. Let's turn our attention to the Cowboys, Corey, because they are the hope of the side. They've locked down second spot. They travelled to Bundy yesterday to play the Bulldogs. This was a home game for the Bulldogs in Bundaberg. I think they renamed themselves the Bundaberg Bulldogs just for the the weekend. (laughs) But they flew out of the blocks. The Cowboys found themselves down 10-0 in no time at all. But they had the composure to fight back. Did you like what you saw there? Oh, I really did. Um, I, I watched uh, most parts of that game, and right from the start, well, you know, they were behind the eight ball, the ball went out on the full, um, and, and the Bulldogs, who have had a remarkable turnaround in regards to their performance, um, you know, flew out, as you said, to a 10 0 lead. Now, I was interested to see how the Cowboys would react to that. Um, they didn't panic, they got down the other end, uh, they come up with a try, they were able to back that up, they actually went in the half time break 10 all. So they scored a couple of tries in what was under 10 minutes. And then in the second half, they played the long game. They played that diligent style of football. Uh, Chad Townsend was able to kick into corners. Um, Drinkwater come up with a couple of special plays once again. And they get the job done, 28 points to 14. And as you said, lockdown uh, second spot, which is huge for them to have the opportunity to potentially get a prelim final at home. Could you imagine what new, uh, what North Queensland is going to be like if they have a prelim final at home? So... Uh, a really, really big opportunity for the Cowboys. Yeah, meltdown indeed. Now, we were all questioning Todd Payton about, hang on, Re- Reuben Cotter on the bench, really, to start with? But yeah, the bench yeah. and the way Todd Payton used that, it, it was like it was just like bringing on a secret weapon, and not just in Reuben Cotter, but he had Luciano Leilua. He had name. Name, yeah. Exactly, the bench. So between Leilua and Cotter, Almost 300 metres between the two of them off the bench. It's it's an area of the game, particularly in the modern game, you need to get very, very right. And the teams that get it so right and have um, such great impact off the bench are the ones at the pointy end. I mean, you look at um, you know some of the versatility and the impact that the Penrith Panthers have off their bench. You just touch on those players there. Um, so crucial to have at different stages of when the games that ebbs and flows and momentum comes and goes that you can have some people that come on, particularly, you know, Leilua was pretty much devastating. He's got a wonderful offload. Cotter's got really good leg speed, so he's able to change the momentum in that regard, uh, come on and really change the game back in their favour. Now, I don't expect to see Ruben Cotter on the bench probably this week. I think he's had a couple of weeks back into it. Now he's found his groove and his game fitness again. I think he'll start. Um, but, yeah, they were terrific. Well, they face the Roosters next Saturday. So they, they've got a carbon copy of what the Broncos had to deal with on uh, on Thursday night. Do, do they do, do they look at that and then see, right, this is what we've got to do going into hostile territory? Or do they just stick with what they're doing? Well, I think they stick with what they're doing. Obviously, they'll take on board and respect what the Roosters have got. Um, but, mate, they... They're in second spot, and they're in second spot for a reason. So they need to really dial in and narrow their skills on their own game. Uh, four more games before they go into that semi-final 
uh, territory. And they've got some wonderful leaders in their team that have played in really big games, grand finals, etc. one competition. So that certainly helps at this time of year. But I think they really narrowed their focus onto their own performances. All right, let, let's let's have a quick look at the Titans. They played the Storm. It was a much improved Titans, I, I thought. They got within six points a couple of times to Melbourne, but obviously the Storm and the way they're travelling, the way they've been travelling over the last 20 years, uh, too much class for the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, they did. 32 points to 14 to the Melbourne Storm, as you mentioned. Um, and Melbourne aren't going as good as everyone sees also. I mean, they're coming off four straight losses for Melbourne. So, uh, whilst the Titans battled hard, they, they never looked like they were going to take the uh, take the lead from Melbourne. Um, but, it, it's... Yeah, I mean, the, the sooner this season can end for the Titans, the, the better. And, and also for Justin Holbrook, who have been very honest and open and candid about their performances. Um, they need an overhaul right from, you know, uh, you know, from player one to thirty, they, they, it, it's really unfortunate. There's a few games less hope, uh, left. Hopefully, they can get some uh, satisfaction out, out of those games and then sort of springboard into the preseason. But it's been one of those years. You get the red pen out, Benny, and you just put it straight through. Well, I mean, it's in theory that's easy to say, but then moving players on or trying to get them off contracts or getting other clubs to yeah. pick them up, like that, that's that's the hardest thing to change a roster. You can't just cut as you go, and that's where coaches are, are finding well, the big problem. So I'm actually speaking to Dennis Watt, the Titans chairman, next hour yes. uh, at 11 o'clock. If you had a chance to talk, what would be the first thing you'd say, Dennis, this is what needs to happen? Uh, me personally, mm. and yeah, I've got really good sort of ties to Dennis and also to um, you know, Justin Holbrook. I mean, from my view where I sit, and I still think there's... Um, uh, a soft underbelly at, at the Titans. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, Tino Malawi, the captain, you see what he brings to the team every week. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of help in that regard. So I think there's a real soft underbelly you can create and and really stiffen that up. They've got some players there. I just think that they need a little bit of work, a little bit of guidance in and around that area. Um, and personally, I, I mean, I'd, you know, I'd put my hand up to give him a hand, to be fair. Um, but... That's where I see. I mean, they've got Kieran Foran coming there next year, um, who will be a huge acquisition for the team with his experience and his professionalism and also his ability to be able to help Dave Pafita, who everyone talks about when they talk about the Gold Coast Titans. They've got some wonderful players. They really do. They just need to dial in a few areas. Remember last year, they you know, they were thereabouts in the, in the finals. So, uh, you know, they've just dead set fallen off the cliff this year. All right. But Kieran Foran doesn't help that soft underbelly, though, does he? Well, he does because he brings a real hard edge professionalism about himself. Um, he doesn't accept um, anything less than, than the best and the preparation from Monday to Friday. And when I say soft underbelly, at different stages, when the times have got really tough against teams and the Titans have, at different stages, you know, had teams where they want them, but just quite haven't quite executed where it needs. And, and that's through training, and that's through repetition, and that's through understanding. Um, what it is that they're doing. So um, I'm not saying, you know, the whole team sop. I'm just saying they need that real hard, um, steel-like, uh, you know, grit about what they're doing. Um, and, and it's, you know, the hardest work for that is over the pre-season. I mean, you, we just talked about the Cowboys. Now, every, now, everyone out of the North has spoken about how hard, how difficult, how relentless their pre-season was. 
and they were in the same position last year. They were, what, what they're 13th? Now they're 2nd, Benny. Mm. So um, the only people that they've included to their roster is Chad Townsend, if, if I'm right. Yeah. And next year, the Gold Coast Titans, they get Kieran Foran. So um, you see where I'm sort of pointing in that direction now. Corey, I'll leave you with this one because we know that um, Todd Payton is doing a lot of work behind the scenes with Michael Hagan. He, he's almost like a, yeah. a coaching... He, he's a yeah. coach's coach, yeah, a mentor to him, if you like. Who of the available coaches around now would you have in Justin Holbrook's corner, ear, support, coaching director, maybe an assistant, someone? And mm. I, we've seen Shane Flanagan's name thrown up. Paul Green is sitting out at Wynnum yeah. uh, just going, yeah. hey, pick me, pick me. Michael Maguire. Again, these are all men who've tasted success, who've all won premierships. Yeah. One, could you see them in an assistant role? And which one would you choose to help yeah. Justin Holbrook? I can't see. Well, I believe that Shane Flanagan was up at the Gold Coast only sort of last week, and I think he's turned that down. Paul Green, I can't see him as being an assistant. You need people in that role that are there for the right reasons. Now, it's not to say that Shane Flanagan and Paul Green wouldn't be there for the right reasons, but... Being a head coach, having won competitions, which both of those two have, very hard to then go understudy to somebody. Um, you know, there's some people out there, and the assistant coaching wheel keeps going round and round. But they need to find somebody who is there for the complete right reasons. And it's not about an individual gain for yourself. It's about trying to make that that team a better team. Um, yeah, the challenge though, as you just touched on, you're asking me who would I put in there. Mm. The challenge is is to find that person. Um, now, you know, I've got a personal relationship with a lot of those middle forwards that are there. Um, you know, if there was an opportunity for myself to to throw my hat in the ring, I'd be more than happy to throw the hat in the ring for the right reasons. Um, yeah, so it's it's there's a I'm just writing that. I'm just writing that down, Corey. And we might play this back to Dennis, <laughs> saying, "Hey, we, we've got someone who's putting their hand up to, to help you well, out." And, and, I mean, coaching. Yeah, yeah, coaching is one of those things. It, it, it's sort of in your blood, and, and it's it, it, you know, there's nothing better than being able to help people. Um, and you know, as I said, I, I've worked with a lot of those guys down there already, um, and you can just see how hard they work. They just need a little bit of guidance. Now they've moved some people on move some people on out of that place. So they're trying to change what is already there because the old saying, you do what you always did and get what you always got. So they're changing what's there. Um, they haven't settled or finalised anyone moving forward. We'll wait and see how what unfolds there. But there's definitely needs to change. But I do think, I do think that Justin Holbrook's the right man for the job. Right, you heard it here first, Corey Parker to the Titans next year. Cosa, I will put that, <laughs> I'll put in a good word for you when we speak to Dennis just after 11. <laughs> Too easy. We don't want you to go too far, though. We still need you to be doing this every Monday. Is that all right? Absolutely. Happy days. We'll uh, we'll catch you again uh, next Monday from 9.30. Corey Parker and the Monday Means Test, SENQ 6.93am. It is your new home of sport here in Queensland. Creeping up to 19 minutes past 10 on a Monday morning. Uh, we will be heading down the M1 after 11. Dennis Watt, the chairman of the Titans. What has gone on there? It's the big question I'll be asking Dennis. Listen out for the Lions theme song as well. We have two tickets to give away to the Demons and the Lions, Friday the 19th of August. What a week and what a night that will be here in Brisbane. Two absolute blockbusters. I know we throw that term out a fair bit, but at the Gabba, 
The Lions and the Demons at 7.50. Five minutes later across town, Suncorp Stadium, the Broncos and the Storm. There's going to be the best part of 70 to 75,000 people watching the two Brisbane teams run around. Right now, though, love to hear from you. 13 13 55 04 67 736 736. Plenty of uh, wanting to have your say about Ricky Stewart. We'll get to those straight after this. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, 25 past 10 this Monday morning. Thanks for lacing them up with us. 13, 13, 55 are the digits you need to be part of the show. The NRL have just released their match review for yesterday. No charges to be laid. That's clear. We are sweating on what action, if any, they will take against Ricky Stewart. It's the topic of conversation throughout the rugby league world, uh, throughout Australian sport today. Your calls, your thoughts, keep them coming through. Uh, we'll get to them very, very shortly. But we need to be celebrating what has been a golden, well, they actually called it Golden Sunday, Super Sunday in Birmingham at the Commonwealth Games. We heard a little earlier from Grace Harris. That's right, part of the Australian cricket team. They are our greatest sporting export, the women's cricketers. World champions in T20, world champions in the 50-over game and now Commonwealth champions. It's a rare trifecta. Will it ever happen again? Never know what, four years. Time happens up. Grace Harris, they're out partying right now. What's the time over in Birmingham? It's about half past one. That's right. So they would only just be getting started. But you'd have to think they'd have a few people joining their party. The walkabout, I think, is where they were going. Our netballers. Yes, that's right. The Diamonds. The girl's best friend, but gold's pretty gold, pretty good too. They overcame the heartbreak of what happened on the Gold Coast four years ago to take down Jamaica by four goals. 20 seconds to play out here at the NEC okay. Arena to wrap up netball at Birmingham 2022. The Australian Diamonds have been impressive. And they'll count down the last seven seconds here. Buet has been superb. It's all about the Diamonds as they take the 1,000th gold medal for Australia at the Games. It is gold for the Diamonds. Gold, gold, gold. The Diamonds triumph over Jamaica. An extraordinary moment for netball for the Australian Diamonds and coach Stacey Marinkovic. Outstanding stuff. Our 1,000th gold medal at the Games. It was uh, in Commonwealth Games history, I should say. Not that these games in Birmingham. Uh, we have had an outstanding day 10, 59 uh, gold medals. How good is that? Seven were needed to reach that 1,000 milestone, and they did just that. Well done to the Diamonds and Gretel Buetta too, our Firebird. She was absolutely electric, uh, not... Missing a single shot, a 100% success rate. The, the, the match changed. The match changed when Kara Conan came on. It was a fantastic uh, move. Uh, she replaced, um, well, she came into goal shooter. She just changed the momentum of the game because the Diamonds were up. They were up early by about seven goals. It came back to half time to level pecking. And Kara Conan came on. It's a fantastic uh, story from uh, the Conan family, her, well, her sister Bree. 
uh, part of the uh, Brisbane Lions women's team. That's right, the captain there at uh, the Gabba. Uh, so they've got uh, a very good sporting pedigree, though she's now got a gold medal to hang around her neck. Let's head to the open line. Pat is out at Narangbar. Pat, morning to you. How you going, buddy? Very well. How you going, Ben? Ricky Stewart. Yeah, mate. Well, my spin on it is, um, I don't. I think he just vented because he lost. He's a very unsuccessful coach, as far as I'm concerned. He's jagged the grand final for the Roosters in 2002. Yeah. And because of Graham Murray, that's the only reason he got that one. And the late Graham Murray um, stacked that side up, and he got the glory. And ever since then, he just keeps. He's never won nothing. He's got Canberra a couple of years back to the grand final, but honestly, he just hated losing. His season was gone, and he vented at that press conference. I don't understand why he didn't vent when he lost that two points at um, Redcliffe when um, Lodge dived. You know, he just he just lost another season gone, and he just he just took it out on this um, young fella from Penrith. Pat, what punishment? No, that, and that's and that that's that's fair take on it as well because there was the pressure of not performing. Um, they 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 didn't show up, and especially when their season needed it, and they were hunting for a uh, a top eight spot, so they did need to turn up, and they didn't against Penrith. What what punishment should be handed down to Ricky Stewart, if if any? Uh, no, it's up to the Salmons, to be honest. But um, directly um. Canberra's well, signed okay, him for a few right, more years. You... I, I, reckon, yeah. I reckon Canberra's got an out now to get rid of him because he's, he's not that good, honestly. I don't know how he survived this long. And, um, yeah, Canberra will be looking at his contract for sure now. Although they just re-signed him. And he, but he's, he's just another season gone, and that's that's Canberra gone again. And, be, and I don't know who they've signed next year. No one, I don't think. So it's going to be rolling, with the, rolling again with Ricky Stewart. Pat, really appreciate your take on it. Do you agree with Pat? 13, 13, 55. He, he mentioned the punishment will come down to the Salmons, the Salmon family. I think that's going to be something that plays out as this goes on. But right now, the NRL deciding if there is a punishment to be handed down to Ricky Stewart. He's already copped in excess of $100,000 in fines over his coaching career. Will another fine cut it or... Should he be suspended? That's something that's never happened in the NRL, a coach being suspended. What does that look like? How long should the suspension be? Is he able to train the team? Is he able to communicate with them? Do they just ban him from a match? Not allowed to come into the stadium. 131355 This is SENQ693. It's Queensland's new home of sport. 29 away from 11. Let's get a news update. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Yeah, thanks for your company this Monday morning. Ricky Stewart. The Snook says Stewart basically bullied Salmon whilst accusing him of being a bully. Peter Villandi's in the NRL. They don't have a choice but to suspend him. We talk about mothers letting their kids play rugby league. What parent is going to allow them to play a sport that condones bullying? 
It's a fair point. 13-13-55. We'll get your take on that as the morning winds on. Right now, I want to bring in someone who is part of the SEN family. Sam Collett, she has her own program. Fridays, 10 o'clock on SEN Track. That's right. It is called the Queensland Hoop with Sam Collett. And it's, she's exactly that, a Queensland hoop, a jockey. And she's had a very, very busy couple of days. 23 rides over the last four days from Townsville, Ipswich, Doombin and the sunny coast. And I'm pleased to say there was a few winners in that. Sam, very good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, no, it was a, uh, a busy but uh, successful few days, so it makes it all worthwhile. There was an $8 winner at Doombin on Saturday, wasn't there? Oh, I'm not too sure what they paid, but uh, I know that it must be. Obviously, hopefully there's some happy people out there. Well, okay. This is this is good, Sam. This is why I've got you on the program this morning, because I want you to, to, to pull back the curtain on us, because we see you jump on the horse, go for a race, we might put a bet on, and that's it. I want you to pull it back and, and reveal to us kind of the, well, the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes into actually the lead-up to these races, the preparation, the, the, the even the logistics of getting around four different cities in, in four days to ride, but you just touched on something that I didn't even think of. So you don't know what prices the horse starts before you jump on? Oh, I have a rough idea when I'm doing my form prior to like usually the morning of a race meeting and just so I've got sort of a, a rough gauge on, you know, the horses that are obviously in the market. So, you know, horses to follow, so to speak, if, if I happen to be in that position. But it is a small part of it. Um, but, it's you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, I spend Mondays are pretty much my only day off uh, when it comes to no horses involved. Um, Tuesdays, you know, I'm up track work. Um, usually up at about quarter past three. So I'm at the track by 10 to four, uh, followed by a trial meeting uh, or a jump out, which is essentially the same thing, just fitness and education for the racehorses. But we don't get, you know, there's no prize money um, involved with that. So that sort of takes up my Tuesdays. Wednesdays are races. Thursdays I've got track work and normally races. Friday track work, sometimes races. Saturday track work, races. Sunday races. So... I spend a lot of time in the car traveling around. Obviously, I've got to watch my weight too. So, uh, say Saturday morning, for example, I, I had to ride 52 and a half uh, kilos on one horse. And so it meant me sort of spending a fair bit of time Saturday morning in the spa, sweating off uh, their last bit of water weight. Where most of the time I try and diet, diet my weight off. So I usually get one day. My Mondays are usually my only day of uh, a little bit of indulging when it comes to eating and drinking. What what's your what's your cheat meal or what's your Monday meal and are they are they meals? Yeah, they are meals. Not often I would have a proper meal during the week. Um, my diet, so to speak, when I'm having to make weight, is usually consists of fruit, yogurt, um, boiled eggs, uh, protein. Like if I'm having maybe salmon and some vegetables, if I'm lucky enough to be able to eat something a bit more substantial. But so today I'm just having. Oh, having muesli of all things for breakfast, um, and then I'll probably have like a my proper dinner tonight, which is a bit of a luxury. So yeah, I remember doing a lunch with Larry Cassidy once, and there was steak and lamb and and so many good things on the menu. But for the entree, there was some smoked salmon, and it was wrapped around a uh, some asparagus, and there was sort of um, a pikelet type situation with it. Larry took the slither of smoked salmon off and had it and said, well, that's me done. (laughs) 
yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Um, I'm probably a fortunate where I can eat a bit. You know, I can normally eat something, whereas a lot of those taller jocks, you know, they're probably looking to have maybe one, two proper meals a week, which is um, it's a little bit hard to get your head around when the, you're expected to perform at that elite level, but it's just a part of the lifestyle, unfortunately. Well, that's that, that was going to be my next question. I mean, as a as an athlete, you've got to fuel your body. You've got to have the strength to hold on to something that's the, the best part of, uh, well, I was going to say seven times my body weight, but you'd probably be at least half of, of mine. <laughs> so something that's, something that's nearly 20 times your own body weight. You've got to have that strength. You've got to have that control. But when you don't eat or aren't able to eat properly, how, how do you manage that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it just, you really, um, it's such a mental game. Um, and I think that's probably what people don't see behind the scenes is like, I would say at least 50% of the jocks that are out there riding are riding dehydrated and, and probably relatively undernourished, um, having to make quick decisions and expected to perform. Um, it's just part and parcel of it. You know, there are obviously jockeys there that are, have the luxury of um, not having to watch their weight and can eat like a normal person and, and all that kind of thing. But, like, I try and go to the gym twice a week too um, just for a little bit of extra added fitness and strength. But it all just comes down to, you know, how much weight you've got to lose. Um, but, yeah, the mental preparation is probably harder than the physical preparation. Sam, when I first heard about some of your weight loss and the needs that you need to do to jump onto a, a horse each week, um, I, I think the story went you needed to lose two and a half kilos within the morning. Is that? Um, oh, yeah. I had a, <laughs> it probably wasn't quite that much. Um, I, I try and only have to lose a kilo in the morning of and diet and sort of chip away at my weight, but I had a kilo and a half to lose on Saturday morning just um, because I'd had such a busy week. So obviously while I'm riding, I want to re- rehydrate um, as the days go on. So normally if I haven't got, you know, a race meeting the day before, I can sort of just chip away at it and go and play some tennis or go for a walk with my sweat gear on and do stuff like that. It makes it a bit easier, but um, it does make it harder the busier you are being able to, well, for me personally anyway, to, um, yeah, to try and keep tabs on what you're, you know, um, drinking. It's more so the fluids, I think, more than anything. The fluids you intake. That, that So every every sip you take, not even every mouthful you have, but every sip you take adds weight. Of course it does, yeah. And obviously if you're dehydrating your body, like I've obviously had to dehydrate my body a fair bit to make weight for Saturday, then yeah. the, the downside is that is your body wants to hold on to that. So you, it's a bit of a balancing act with, you know, how much is diet and how much is fluid that you're taking off. Hot, hot baths, spas, saunas, sweat gear. What, what's that? In, what's that involve? Is that just putting on about four well, or five jumpers? And yeah, or well, if I'm, I, my sort of uh, method is I try and maybe put a couple of jackets on and go and walk with, you know, my sweat gear on. Um, play a bit of tennis with my sweat gear on, which is like I said, a couple of jackets, pants, stockings, all that, you know, long socks. Oh, just sitting in the spa. Um, some people prefer to use a bath but where I stay I don't have that luxury so the spa it is spa it is all right this is a fascinating insight to what goes on just to get into riding uh, be it uh, any day of the week Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday you were all over the state Townsville Ipswich Doombin sunny coast what about this week Sam what, what rides have you got coming up uh, so this week I'm 
just got uh, track work controls at Deegan tomorrow. Uh, we've got races at oh, Doombin Wednesday. I think I've got Thursday off, which is quite nice. Friday at Switch. Saturday, I think, is either Doombin or Evil Farm. I'll have to check. And Sunday back at the Sunshine Coast. Any tips for us, Sam? Oh, I don't know what rides I've got coming up. I've got an agent that books me for all my rides, so I haven't actually had a chance to sit down and check. I try and stay away from looking at too much horse racing stuff on a Monday. Give myself a bit of a break. But here I am ringing you on a day off then just to get you to think about horses. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that no, gives, it's all yeah. good. So that gives us another insight. When do you know the rides you get and how much homework do you need to put into it? Or do you get to put so, into it? Yeah, my manager and I liaise a lot with um, sort of rides that horses that might clash coming up, but essentially I pay him to do that job and until he's confirmed those rides to me. But So Wednesday's fields will probably be out now, but I'm just about to sit down and have some breakfast, so I'll have a look at those after that. Um, and that will have like my weight, uh, my barrier draws, and then usually the morning of um, when I'm sitting there, uh, you know, if I'm fortunate enough to not have to sit in the spa, I just sit down with the laptop and do a bit of form um, or I do it when I'm in the spa because um, obviously by that stage the scratchings have come out in the morning so I've got a better idea of um, you know the, the final field so to speak and um, how my horses will run what how the track's rated where the rail is all that kind of stuff comes into play when I'm doing my form it's a fascinating insight, Sam. Thank you for peeling back the curtains, putting on the sweatsuit for us and letting us know exactly what goes into it because we see you for about 90 seconds, uh, give or take, depending on the length of the race, uh, uh, going around and, and, we, uh, and we judge and put our hard-earned on that and then all of a sudden there's a lot more that we know goes into it. So thank you for taking us on that ride and that journey. Uh, enjoy the so muesli for breakfast, is that right? Yes, muesli and a coffee for breakfast, so... Healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Healthy indeed. Appreciate you chatting to us on your day off. We'll catch you on SEN Track uh, this Friday. Sam Collett, there we go, 10 o'clock, SEN Track. It, it was just something that in passing I heard about Sam having to, oh, I need to lose about two and a half kilos. Well, she said it wasn't that much, but two kilos by lunchtime. But hang on, what? How? How does this all work? And then all of a sudden, we went down a rabbit hole. So thank you for taking us on that ride. 13 13 Yeah, that is your cuticle, 13-13-55. Tickets to the Lions, Demons, Gabba next Friday night, the 19th of August. So Friday week, it is the Lions' last home game before the finals. We are the This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736.
Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. We are the pride of Brisbane town. We wear the roll. Blue and gold. We will always fight for victory. Like the yeah, that was your cuticle when you heard the Brisbane Lions theme song, which was beaming, booming yesterday at the Gabba after their 33-point win against Carlton. And we're going to head all the way out to North Lakes. Tressie, good morning to you. Oh, good morning, Ben. How are you? Uh, I'm okay, and I feel even better because I'm about to hand you two tickets to the Lions and Demons on Friday week at the Gabba, their final home game of the season. Wonderful. We can't wait to go. All right, who are you going to take? Uh, I'm taking my son. Um, we like Charlie Cameron and Lockie O'Neill. Lockie Neal. <laughs> Outstanding. Now, did you watch yesterday? What did you think? Uh, no, we didn't watch yesterday, but we've been keeping up with it completely. Um, we were racing motorbikes, so we couldn't watch it yesterday. Oh, really? How did you go? Uh, my son went really well. Yeah, he yeah. had uh, no no crashes, so that was a good day for him. <laughs> That's a good start. That's a good start. Well, the Lions almost had a crash in that final quarter. They, they, uh, they got a bit of a scare off Carlton, and next hour we'll be hearing from Chris Fagan to see what lessons they learned out of that, and they've got the Saints this weekend, a tight turnaround, and then their final game against the Demons. So, Tressa, you will be there on us Tickets to the Lions and Demons at the Gabba. Congratulations. Take you and your son and cheer on Charlie Cameron and cheer on Lockie Neal and the rest of the boys as well. The equation, pretty simple for Brisbane. They just need to win the next two games and that top four spot should be theirs. A double chance come finals time. Will there be home finals? Well, that all depends on those results as well, but they just want to get inside that top four. They currently sit in fifth. Equal with the Swans in fourth place, but it's just percentage which is uh, crueling them from that top four spot at the moment. So they need to win, win, but they also need to win a little bit big as well. That's the big thing when it comes to the Lions. They had a chance to do that against Carlton uh, yesterday. They're up by 57 points at three-quarter time. Ended up winning by 30 after Carlton stormed home. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. We're six and a half away from 11. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. News up in 90 seconds. Feeling for Quade Cooper this morning. Uh, His year is over. Uh, His World Cup is hanging in the balance. But at 34 years of age, coming back from an Achilles injury, Achilles rupture, it is going to be tough. But if there's one man who looks after his body and can do it, it would be Quade Cooper. Uh, He was injured in the Wallabies' loss, uh, in the Wallabies' win, sorry, to Argentina, 41 to 26 over the weekend in Mendoza. So a big final hour coming up. We'll hear from the acting Wallabies captain, James Slipper. Chris Fagan, too, on the Lions' performance. But straight after the news with Vanessa, we'll be going down the M1, heading into Titans territory. Their chairman, Dennis Watt, will be on the line. will be asking what has gone wrong at the Titans this year.
now on SENQ 693am. All the news and views from a big weekend in sport. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, four minutes past 11. Thanks for your company. This Monday morning, it's creeping up to 18 degrees, looking for a top of 21 today. I know it's the Ecker, so it means the Westerlies can't be too far away. But we know the rain is coming, or at least forecast for Saturday. So get the raincoats ready, but until then, we've got a fairly fine week ahead of us. There has been an icy blast rocking around the rugby league world, though, and it has come from Ricky Stewart. Weak, gutted dog. They're the three words that will be spoken about all week and probably for time to come. We are waiting on the NRL to see if there is any punishment handed down to Ricky Stewart. If there will be, what should it be? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Now, the other big question around Queensland Rugby League this year is what's happened to the Titans? And I bet it's the question my next guest is asking, but he is the perfect man to ask about that. The chairman of the Gold Coast Titans, Dennis Watts. Dennis, good morning. What what do Monday mornings look like for you this year? Monday mornings, uh, I think it's just an absolute determination, Ben, to do better. And thanks very much for having me as a guest on your program. Always good to talk to you. Likewise, Dennis, likewise. Now... On that, the determination to get better. Has a review started in the footy department? Oh, the reality is um, the re- reviews are continual. Um, I mean, you're always looking at, you know, you're always looking at, um, you know, ways to get better in, you know, in every aspect of your performance. You know, it's, that's that's right across the board. But um, yeah, there's, yeah, it's not the dreaded um, um, R word, um, which is often, <laughs> often. Um, used to point the finger in, um, you know, high-performance sport. The reality is we're always looking looking at ways to get better. I I have had a few people tell me that Brian Canavan is back around at the club. Is is he part of an, that ongoing review? Yeah, Brian. Um, Brian's looking at um, all the work we've done um, in relation to building our, our pathways and our, and our connections with you know, local rugby league um, clubs, leagues and schools. So when the, when the owners, the Kellys and the Rizels took over after that period of NRL administration, mm-hmm. the first thing they did was invest heavily um, in those pathways. So um, uh, so now, yeah, we're just having, we're just having a, look at, um, a look at that work that we've done and how effective we are, um, how we can do things better. Um, the reality is, there's a lot of a lot of great work being done there. Um, the uh, the national schoolboys titles a couple of weeks ago there, Queensland won the series, um, and I think there were seven seven of that winning Queensland team, for instance. That was that was um, um, in that uh, in that winning side are committed to the Titans. I think uh, the week before the rep round, uh, I think we had 28, 28 young Titans either representing their state or their or their country. Yeah, schools competition is the biggest in um, in uh, regional Australia. You know, we just appointed uh, one of the most um, respected people in in uh, rugby league, in Karen Murphy. You know, to head up our women's our women's program. So underneath, you know, the club's strong financially. Um, underneath, underneath it all, there's a really, really strong base there, um, and lots of you know good quality people. Um, from you know, from from within uh, rugby league and also outside 
um, who, who are, you know, top of the class in terms of what they do. The dynamic CEO in, in Steve Mitchell. Um, but, you know, we, the, the, the most important measure, of course, is how you're faring at the NRL level. Uh, we're not happy with where we are, but we're not, we determine we're not going to stay there either. Well, the good people you've got around the club, have you got the right people around Justin Holbrook? Yeah, well, that, that's that's very much a focus, Ben. Uh, that's, that's a fair question. Um, you know, we're determined to, you know, um, give Justin what he needs, um, uh, both in terms of staff um, and players, so both both on field and and off off field. So there've already been um, been some changes. There really is, you know. Um, you're always talking about good good people, um, and it's um, it's always painful when good people leave. We've already we've already lost a couple of people because the reality is, in the day you judge by you judge by your results. Mm. Uh, we see great qualities in in Justin. Um, you know, he's had a, a successful career uh, all the way up through the grades, assisting Trent Robinson at, at the Roosters, you know, going over and turning turning St. Helens around. His first two years with us here, we actually did finish with wind in our sail. He, he really did re- restore hope to the, uh, you know, to the to the rugby league community on the Gold Coast and um, uh, northern New South Wales. So we see that there's a there's a lot that Justin's got to offer. We, um, as I say, we're just determined to put the right people around him. I take it from that, Dennis, then, that you're going to be backing him into next year. Uh, how far, then, or how long does that go? Well, you know, this, you know, we we just committed, we committed to Justin. We committed to um, committed to Justin in terms of you know what we put around him. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pretty confident that with some uh, with with some tweaks, um, you know, I mean, we'll put a hand up. You know, we made a collective decision to go with a very young, inexperienced spine. Um, we lost Will Smith, unfortunately, who was going to offset some of that some of that um, inexperience. We've got Kieran Foran coming next year, we, but you know, we'll have a we'll have a recognised um, you know, number nine uh, starting next year. There's there's a lot of quality in the rest of the rest of the squad and also also as I've as I've inferred, you know, so coming through as well. Dennis, is that Sam so Barrels? Have we that number nine, is that Sam Barrels? Uh, uh, potentially, potentially it is. So you you, you sounded quite confident about having that. an established number nine, and, and he has been on the shopping list. Uh, yeah, no, we as I said, we, we're confident we'll, uh, when we um, line up for kick kick off next year, we'll have a we'll have a uh, yeah a strong established um, number nine there wearing wearing the Titans colours. How close is that deal to being done? Uh, <laughs> The, the the deal generally um, yeah, is is on foot, so hopefully not not too far away. Um, but you know, we've got to ask ourselves: Have we given Justin everything he needs to be successful? And you know, when you look to those those obvious shortfalls, you you know you've got to you've got to you know um, accept that we you know we didn't give him as much as he needed. So so we're rectifying that. Uh, Dennis, look, the line isn't great, but I will persist and push on. Maybe if you just turn to your left or right, and, and, and hopefully that'll strengthen up the signal a little bit. But what does that look like in your mind? I mean, you've been around rugby league for a long, long time. What does that support look like? Is it getting an, a, another experienced coach in to either work underneath, beside 
maybe even as an overseer, a coaching director. Is that what it looks like to you? Or what in your mind does that proper support look like? No, I don't see. I don't see that. I don't see. Um, I don't see a necessity for um, uh, for an over, overseer as such. Um, you know, you've already got you've already got Mel Meninga there, who's you know who's, who's available um, uh, for advice and you know um, for for Justin, Justin at any time. Um, I think it's just it's just you know in any any of these organisations, it really is about having you know the required level of you know insightful um, challenge. Um, we certainly take heart from take heart from our um, our fellow Queensland colleagues in you know the Cowboys and the, and the and the Broncos and it's I mean it's great to see them um, firing as well as they they are um, given the you know the difficult road that they've tried to in the you know the past season so and they certainly got it right um, you know they certainly got it right in setting setting the year up and young players um, who they've you know given starts to. Have risen risen to the occasion, so um, you know these things these can these things can be turned around, and it doesn't have to be. Well, it's been a long season for us now. It doesn't it doesn't have to be you know a, a, a protracted um, sort of program to make it happen. Dennis, we we've heard names like Shane Flanagan, Paul Green. Uh, even Michael Maguire linked to the club to to come in and be part of that supporting act. Is that a potential on the cards, or can you rule a line through that now? Oh yeah, look, I'm not going to go into I'm, I'm not going to go into names. As I said before, if you're going to if you're going to draw up a list of you know very very capable uh, people with a track record of success, you know those sorts of names would be there. But yeah, I'm not I'm not going to. Um, you know, going to reveal who we're, who we're talking to or not talking to. Yeah. That, 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 that's fair. Um, but can I put this to you? And it's the question that would be asked whenever and whoever's appointed. If it is someone that has had that success, been a, a head coach in the past, can that work? H- having someone who has been a head coach work a, as a, an assistant or, or not as a head coach? Well, I think it's, you know, I think it's... Um, I, I certainly think it can work. Um, you know, you got um, uh, you know you got John John Cartwright there at the, at the Broncos. Um, you know, he um, he had success for you know for quite a time. John and now assisting now assisting Kevin. Um, also, you know, Stephen Stephen Kearney. You know, he had his time as a head coach, um, but is loving being back in uh, back in Melbourne. You know, working alongside. Alongside Craig, there, um, there's certainly. I think it's pretty clear that you get a different perspective as a head coach when you've got, you know, you've got all that all that stakeholder management you have to do, um, which you know, there's always a risk that's going to take you away from, you know, the time you'd probably prefer to, you know, put into your team and your, and your players players individually. So it's great. I think it's great to have someone in the organisation with that sort of that sort of perspective um, and understanding the. The stresses and the challenges, and you know all the things that can pull a coach away from what should be his primary focus. Corey Parker does the Monday Means Test with me every Monday, and he said that he is putting his hand up to come down and give you a hand down the down the M1. Is and I said I'll put in a good word when we have a chat. Is, is Corey someone that is on your radar? <laughs> Corey, is what I like about Corey is a great player, of course, um, but also you know a straight talker. Um, he, you know, the great thing about Corey, he'll, he'll tell it, tell it the way he sees it. So, 
yeah, I think he'd, you know, he'd be, uh, he'd be an asset to um, to any organisation. Well, one of the one one of the things he did tell me in the last hour was if he was at the Titans, he'd be starting to put a red pen through some on the roster. I know that's a very difficult thing to do, but is that when now we're talking on field? Is that something that could be on the cards at the Titans? Well, look, that's you know that's that's you know, we're continually sort of reviewing where we're at and where we need to you know plug the gaps, and it's pretty obvious. Um, it's pretty obvious that um, it's you know that spine is where we've needed to uh, pay attention. So you know we're um, fixing we're fixing that in terms of the you know the experience um, that we're that we're bringing in. So yeah, always you're always you're always looking at it. You're always looking for um, for ways to improve, and that, that goes for the entire organisation. Dennis White is my guest this morning. Very generous with his time. He's the chairman of the Titans. Dennis, I've got to ask you, and most of your fans, and in fact the rugby league world is asking, are you getting value for money out of David Fafita? Are we getting value for money? Um, you know, I guess that's you know that's that's for most people to consider. But I, you know, I see I see a young man. Um, you know, he's he's 22 years of age. He is a he has got prodigious talent. But he's got the the burden of expectations upon him every time he steps out there. Um, but I do see a guy who's really trying, trying very, very hard. I mean, opposition sides are very mindful of his potency in attack. And again, you know, again down there um, on Friday night, I think the storm made him soak up close to 40 tackles again. So it's a pretty obvious tactic, um, you know, to, to gas him, uh, to gas him in, uh, in defence so he's, you know, less... Less potent um, as an as an attacking. Um, you know the opportunities that we help create, uh, albeit you know the onus was on him um, to get himself um, involved too. But he certainly he certainly carries a, um, a heavy heavy weight of um, of, of expectations. Um, and I do think, personally, I think the burden at times is, is quite unfair. Dennis, I appreciate your time this morning. I will let you go because that uh, the line is uh, a little bit dodgy, so we will uh, press on. But I really appreciate your time this morning because I know there's a lot of questions and you're probably sick and tired of answering them because uh, they're always the same question, what's going on at the Titans. But uh, Dennis Watt, the chairman of the Titans, if you're listening on the Gold Coast, 16.20 a.m., you're a Titans fan, what you've just heard... What's your take on it? 13, 13, 55. Uh, Dennis, very generous there. Now, reviews always ongoing. Uh, the coaches they're looking at, or at least the help around Justin Holbrook. Wasn't really going too forward into names, but he does admit that they have got that wrong and they need to go a bit further to help Justin Holbrook. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. We'll get to the open line straight after this 19 past 11. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. Chris Fagan's take on the Lions win yesterday, not too far away. But Ricky Stewart, what punishment should he get? Should it be a fine? How much? Should it be a suspension? How long? Or should it be nothing at all? 
after his media conference following the Panthers match Saturday night, his words have been reverberating around the league world for the last 36 hours. They are breathtaking. I mentioned that earlier in the program because when you hear them, they take your breath away. You stop. You think, did, did he just say that? Did I just hear that? I, I need to hear it again. If you haven't heard it, if you haven't caught up on this, Ricky Stewart. Fisher-Harris taps, they're, they're accidents, you know, and, and in this collision game, I understand that. But, you know, where Salmon kicked Tommy, it ain't on. And I've had history with that kid. I know that kid very well. He's, he was a weak-gutted dog as a kid, and he hasn't changed now. He's a weak-gutted dog person now. Yeah, Jamin Salmon, he's the Penrith half uh, filling in for Luai now. And, and Cleary, you just, you just stop and think, how is this even possible? It was after Jamin Salmon lashed out at Tom Sterling and kicked him, well, lashed out with his legs, kicked him in the ghoulies, kicked him in the head. And that's what Ricky was reacting to. But deeper down, we found out now that Ricky was reacting to something that happened more than a decade ago, something that involved his son, and Jamin Salmon. Because in a statement released yesterday, Ricky Stewart has said, I regret saying what I did on that platform after the game. He didn't regret what he said. He regretted using that platform to say it. He goes on to say, I was speaking as a father and not as a football coach. My reaction was to a family situation that I thought I had dealt with, and clearly I hadn't. I allowed my emotions to get the better of me, and for that, I'm sorry. There is history between James and Sam and my family, and I will not go into that. I should not have brought it up after the game, but it just got the better of me, and I'm truly sorry. He was being human. He was being a father. Does that excuse what he said on the platform? No, but I understand where Ricky's coming from. And don't we want our sporting stars, athletes, coaches, those who we follow and ride our excitement and emotions on each week, don't, don't we want them to be human? Or where does that line stop? Where do you draw the line on humanity and then crossing over into the professional sporting world? It's a fine line. Is it there? Because we know and we do ask, we do crave for them to be human. We don't want robots spitting out cliches one week at a time, one game at a time. Even if that is the case, it's still a cliche. You want to see their personality. You want to see their character. You want them to keep it real, right? And it doesn't get any realer than a father sticking up for his son. What punishment should Ricky Stewart get? A fine? A suspension? Well, nothing at all. 13, 13, 55. They're, the Salmon family, they want Ricky to be punished. There's even talk of them taking legal action. We are sitting and waiting to see what the NRL does on this. They've had most of the weekend to look at it. As yet, no word coming through on what may be a punishment. The Salmon family, they've said in, again in a statement, we were disappointed by the com comments of Canberra Raiders coach Ricky Stewart after what was a fantastic game of football for the Panthers and our son. We were surprised by Ricky's claim that he knows Jamin personally as they've had no contact since Shay was 12 years old. We are calling on the NRL to take action as we believe Jamin has been wronged in this situation. So here is a family sticking up for their son. If you were in the same position, be it Ricky Stewart, be it the Salmons, would you do it any differently? How would you do it?
how should it have been handled? 13, 13, 55, 04, 67, 736, 736. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter as well, at SENQLD, uh, Facebook, all the media platforms or social media platforms. If you missed anything on the show too, you can grab a podcast. You can subscribe at SEN Queensland, wherever you find all your podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify. So many voices have been lent to this as we've been hearing all morning. Voices of the game. I'm talking Braithen Nasta. Greg Alexander, Cooper Cronk, Corey Parker. 450 games Ricky's been a, a head coach. Uh, he knows what that line is and what you can and can't say. And attacking a young player personally, I was so left field. I, I was shocked, actually, when I heard it. Uh, I wouldn't expect that to happen. Um, now, what happens off the back of this now? Well, it's, I guess it's in the, yeah. the hands of the NRL. If, if Ricky had just said it was a dog act... Would that be different to saying gut a dog? Like yes, that, that of took it, to, it just would. took it to another level. You can, have, you, you, you can you, have a go at the act, yeah, but you yeah. can't have a go at the person. It, it was no. personal. Publicly and personally have a crack, but the the act, absolutely. Yeah. If you had kept it within the actual action from in the yeah. field, I think, you know, that's OK. But personally, no. The optics don't look great, do they, coming from Ricky Stewart, who's in a position of power, position, uh, being a coach, um, clearly frustrated. His team's on life support at the moment in regards to their season. If a player said that to another player, is it OK? We'll then strike up, oh, there's a big feud between two players and we'd really enjoy that. Now, the fact that Ricky Stewart is the head coach of the Canberra Raiders saying it about a player, I don't think it looks great. However, I'm not 100% sure if he's bringing the game to disrepute. Corey Parker, Cooper Cronk, Braithen Astor, Greg Alexander are the voices you just heard there. That's their take on it. That was over the last 24 hours. We've had 36 hours to digest this. It is the talk of the rugby league world. They were the experts' voices, but the most important ones are yours. 13 13 55 04 67 736 736. We're coming up to half past 11. We've got some news headlines here from Chris Fagan and you straight after this. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ. 27 away from midday Jimmy Smith with afternoons coming up after I hand over the keys to him. Now, I've just seen another piece of evidence to show that AFL is growing here in Queensland. The Gold Coast Suns have just put out a release to say that they have reached 20,000 members for the first time in club history. Not bad for a team that was... Well, battling away on the Gold Coast, looking like they were going to sack their coach mid-year, but have turned it around. Now, I know their season officially ended yesterday. Uh, sorry, Saturday. They cannot make the finals now, now after that uh, loss to Hawthorne. But 20,000 members, you, you throw that on top of the Lions membership, which has cracked 40,000. There's 60,000 people in southeast Queensland. I know there's about 10,000 Lions members interstate. But there's the best part then of 50,000 of you who've shelled out your hard-earned to be a member of an AFL club. And traditionally, in Queensland, we don't sign up for memberships for clubs. That's not in our DNA. It's not part of the, the rugby league culture. So it's another indication that AFL is on the rise. See, you had to just look at the Gabba yesterday. The Carlton match sold out. And don't worry, the Demons match will be too. After this, that's Friday, August 19. There's only two matches to go uh, in the round of 40. Where do the Lions sit? Well, their equation is now a lot more clearer. 
they need to win the next two games to lock up a top four spot. That equation is simple. They need to beat St Kilda away and then the Demons at the Gabba Friday, August 19. They could finish in the top two. They need to win both games. Collingwood need to lose at least once and then also pass Sydney on percentage. So their two wins for the Lions need to be big. They could have had a chance to jump into the top four yesterday. They were cruising. 57 points up, almost 10 goals up at three-quarter time. But then that roller coaster, a final quarter fade out. Carlton came back, kicked eight goals. The margin ended up being 33 points. So it's still a very healthy win when you look at it, but it could have been better and the percentage could have changed. They could have let Sydney into top four. What did Chris Fagan take away from the game? What was his summation of it? Let's have a listen. Yeah, it was a bit like last week. I chose to focus on the first half last week with the team this week, and I think this week I'll be choosing to focus on the first three quarters because I, I thought in the first three quarters we just played a magnificent brand of footy offensively, defensively. In the contest, we just did everything right. Um, it was sort of disappointing to have that last quarter, but I guess it's a good reminder of what can happen if you um, perhaps get a little bit... Uh, um, too adventurous with your ball movement and maybe just drop off a little bit defensively. That's probably the most disappointing part. You know, we kept a pretty good scoring team to 32 points at three-quarter time. They end up kicking 81. So we'll we'll take the lessons from that. But overall tonight, really good response to last week um, and uh, yeah, happy to, to get the four points. What, what I did like, though, was uh, both in the second quarter... And uh, it, even in the last quarter, when because they had a little burst early in the second, um, in the same bit bigger a burst in the last, but we were able to steady and get the game back on our terms, which was um, something we didn't quite do last week. There we go, Chris Fagan, post-match. They now face St Kilda Friday night, so it is a very tight turnaround for the Lions. St Kilda, they've matched up fairly well with them uh, in recent years, and they're playing down at Marvel Stadium, so they don't have to They don't have to bring up that MCG hoodoo. Oh, dear, oh, dear. How long do we have to go on with that? Well, until they win. Now, let's have a look at the scenarios for this. Best-case scenario for the Lions, they, they could actually finish top spot. I know it's hard to believe, but it could happen if they win their next two games and Geelong lose their next two games. And, of course, there's all of those losses based on percentage as well. Collingwood, they need to lose at least a game. Sydney needs to lose at least a game and fall behind them on percentage. So there's a lot of things that can go or need to go right for the Lions to finish first, but it is a possibility. It just shows how close the competition is. Worst-case scenario, the Lions finish sixth if they lose both to the Saints and to the Demons. Sydney, Frio, they need to go at least one away. They'd have to lose one game going forward. And there's a lot of other mathematics and equations to go into it. First place, best case scenario. Worst place scenario, sixth spot. If that happens, they're probably facing Richmond in an elimination final. But they are building. They are building for something big, according to Chris Fagan. Yeah, I think it, um, when he came back three weeks ago, he's probably not that confident in his own body because it's been letting him down a little bit this year. Particularly, he hadn't had hamstrings before, so he had 
two sort of instances across the course of two or three weeks. Um, so I think he was pretty nervous about that. What, what I've seen with him both at training and in games is that each time that he's played, he's got a little bit more confident in his body, which is great for us because we all know what a fantastic player he is. Um, so if he can keep building and uh, to, as we go towards finals, that can't be anything but good for us. As I said last week, there was a lot of doom and gloom about our second half, but I thought our first half was the best that we played, and I, I thought our best our first three quarters tonight was as, was even better than last week, to be honest with you. Um, so um, it feels like we're building. Um, um, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully we can go two quarter, uh, a half, three quarters, and then get to four next week and j just stay at four for the rest of the year. That's the idea, isn't it? But probably won't work that way. But I think there'll be some confidence out of that performance. There we go, Chris Fagan. Earlier in that uh, piece of audio we heard, he was talking about his captain, Dane Zorko, and what a game he had. He was absolutely brilliant in that first quarter. Uh, he had two inside 50s. He uh, pulled off a goal and had four goal assists all before quarter time. So, yeah, he's trusting his body again, and he is building. You've got to remember, Dane Zorko was their best player last year, won the club's best and fairest. So we know he's uh, into his 30s. He's just become a dad for the second time. So he's got a newborn at home, had a few injuries. But after the way that he played on the weekend, he is a barometer for his team, I believe. I know Reese Matheson's there, the beast. No one has the barometer. But when Dane Zorko is up and about, so are the Brisbane Lions. Were you at the game yesterday? What was it like at the Gabba? It was heaving, wasn't it? A sellout against Carlton. And you can imagine the sold-out sold sign is going to go up again against the Demons. And this was all in a week where they were talking about Buddy Franklin coming to the Lions. To me, if anything, that were managers trying to talk up Buddy Franklin's price, using Brisbane as a carrot, as a diversion. And Buddy played it beautifully when asked about this the next day. In fact, he wasn't even asked about it. Channel 7 journo from our Sydney newsroom fronted him and said, G'day, buddy, how are you? He goes, sorry, what was that? Hello, buddy, how are you? I'm not talking about my contract. <laughs> she didn't even get to ask it. He came straight out and said, I'm not talking about my contract, which is straight out of the manager's playbook. Of course you wouldn't. You want that story to keep evolving. You want that. You don't want to put the, bin in, uh, the pin in that bubble, in that balloon, do you? You want Sydney to think that Brisbane is a possibility for Buddy Franklin. I don't think it will work. And do they need Buddy Franklin, the Lions? How could it work? Danaher, Hipwood. We know D-Mac McStay is more than likely on his way to Collingwood. Big money thrown at him to go down there. But Buddy Franklin to Brisbane. Yeah, would have put bums on seats. But guess what? This current team is already putting bums on seats. Sold out at the Gabba. Averaging around 30,000 to a game week in, week out. The Demons, it's going to be a hell of a game. Friday week. We'll have tickets to give away too on SENQ all this week. Patton Heels back tomorrow morning from 6. Just keep it locked here, 6.93am. SENQ, Queensland's new home of sport. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport. 693 SENQ.
13 away from 12 on a Monday morning where Australian sporting history was created. Our 1,000th gold medal at a Commonwealth game. So we're talking all the way back to 1930 in Hamilton until right now, 2022 in Birmingham. The 1,000th gold medal won by Australia belonged to the Diamonds. Isn't that fitting? The Diamonds winning gold. And they did it against Jamaica and they had to do it the hard way. You remember, Jamaica upset them in the pool games leading into this. So they had that mental baggage to come back. Was it going to be redemption? Well, yeah, it was. They skipped away early in the first quarter, uh, led by about seven goals at one stage. But the Jamaicans came back. It was all locked up at half time. But then Australia went on to win 55 goals to 51 And who was leading the way? Well, it was the girl from Queensland. That's right, Gretel Buter from the Firebirds, our goal shooter, and she did not miss all night. Uh, I um, was counting down the minutes at the end. It was um, a ripper of a game, and Jamaica are just growing and growing with every outing, so they pushed us to our limit. But the girls and I are absolutely stoked. It means so much to us. Of course it does. Well done, Gretel. Well done to the rest of the Diamonds as well. Uh, someone from the Sunshine Coast Lightnings, Cara Conan, she had a big, big say in Australia's turnaround fight back as well. It was the thousandth gold medal, but it wasn't the only one on day 10. We actually started day 10 on 59 gold medals. When you say those numbers, it just rolls off the tongue. You, you kind of think 59 gold medals over 10 days. We actually needed another seven to reach that magical milestone. And there were so many along the way. I spoke to Kelsey Lee Barber after her world title throw in Eugene, Oregon, the Javelin. That's right. She's trains out of uh, the QAS here at the, uh, at CUSAC. It's very hard to say CUSAC. I always know it as QE2 Stadium, where, of course, the 1982 Commonwealth Games were held. But she's a Queensland-based now, Kelsey Lee Barber. Back-to-back world champion coming into this Games. She's got a bronze She's got a silver. The only thing missing from her collection was a gold. She needs to throw over 64-27 to move back into the lead. Can the champ do it? It's out there. It's sailing. Sailing, it's close. Oh, this is real line ball. So it has to be better than 64-27 if she's going to topple McKenzie. She's given it everything, Kelsey Lee Barber. She's looking for a third Commonwealth Games medal. She hit it really hard and it sailed out there and it's right on the line. It's a virtual line, so we'll have to wait and see. Here it comes. She's in front. She, oh, wow. 64-43. It is better than Mackenzie Little. So does what champions do, and that is respond. Bronze at her international debut in Glasgow. Silver on the Gold Coast. Has she gone one better? Mackenzie Little now all of a sudden finds herself needing to respond. What a contest it's been. We're going to take our 11th gold in this event. Can she beat 64-43? Mackenzie Little. Hits it hard sailing. This is not going to be enough. Well, Kelsey Lee Barber, stand up and applaud because that is extraordinary. Under enormous pressure, has pulled it out of the fire. The world champ gets the Commonwealth Games gold medal as well. There we go. She has the full set. Outstanding stuff. Now, the other thing to throw into the mix here, she tested positive to COVID just over a week ago. So her Commonwealth Games campaign could have been derailed. 
She overcame that to win gold. Kelsey Lee Barber, how did you do that? <laughs> I'm actually a little bit in shock still. I think I went over to the fence and my, to Mike and I was like, my brain's a bit fuzzy. I don't know what just happened. But you're right. It's it's a beautiful story to share with over my Commonwealth journey and I'm really happy to come away with the gold today. Take us in that mindset in that last row as you've done time and time again. I've worked really hard to find myself in a really free space on the runway. And that's what I came down to again. One more opportunity to take the win. And there's nothing I can do to try and control that throw, so let it be free. I've worked so hard, all my training put together. Just go and enjoy it and see what you can do. We're so proud of you for winning that world title as well. Congratulations. Was it hard to back up? Yeah, it was always unknown territory um, with the turnaround. But again, I really had to rely on trusting the training that I put together all year the form I was in in Eugene and the feel I had for the jab and that's what brought out today. Okay, having Mike with you obviously helps you. You guys are an unbelievable team. But there's also many other people. They're all watching now. Give them a big cheerio. Yes, um, thank you so much to everyone back home and um, even people in the crowd today who came to watch. I love you guys. Uh, you've always been there for me and I hope I put on a show for you to enjoy. Well, you certainly did. This young lady was a little annoying though, wasn't she? <laughs> Oh gosh, I said to afterwards, like, congratulations on amazing throwing. You kept it, kept me working really hard for it, and I'm really grateful for that too. Awesome throwing in Australia. Outstanding stuff. Kelsey Lee Barber also paying homage to Mackenzie Little, who picked up this, uh, the silver Australia quinelling, the javelin at the Commonwealth Games. You've got to throw in our women's cricketers as well. How good was that? We caught up with Grace Harris a little earlier in the program. If you've missed that, grab the podcast. It's up online now. The girl from West's out there at Graceville. She's a brizzy girl. She's partying like the best of them over in Birmingham after winning a gold medal with our women's cricket team. Oh, what a day. Seven away from 12. We'll take a breath and we'll bring it on home. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Call 13 13 55 or text 0467 736 736. Queensland's new home of sport, 693 SENQ. Yeah, about to throw the keys over to Jimmy Smith uh, to keep you driving through the afternoon. Before we do that, let's head to the open line. Uh, Donnie, good morning to you. Ricky Stewart's on your mind. Yeah, I, look, I hope the young player gets all the support he needs. Um, you know, it's bad enough getting hurt on the field, but off the field in, in that capacity, uh, I think that's totally wrong. I heard those uh, comments by Ricky. And as, as a former Raiders fan, I'm a bit shocked. But, uh, look, I hope he gets all the support he needs and uh, due process happens. Due process, indeed. And we're going to figure out and find out what the NRL thinks of it. We're expecting, Donnie, sometime later today, the NRL to hand down some sort of punishment to Ricky Stewart. Before I let you go, what punishment should that be to Ricky? Uh, I think it should be a suspension uh, because he has uh, been fined in the past and it's obviously not making a difference, uh, especially if he's got maybe uh, his management behind him uh, that might be doing stuff at the club. Uh, Is the club standing up uh, enough as they should? Donnie, outstanding stuff. Last word went to you. Thank you, everyone, for your phone calls, text messages today. If you've missed any part of the show, it'll be up online in just a moment. You can podcast it wherever you get your oh, good podcast from, be it iTunes or Spotify. Until next Monday at 9, thanks for your company. Have a great week. We will do it all again in seven days' time.
For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.